Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Randy? I am doing fantastic. I am so interested to hear how was your experience at Jammers? <laughs> well, since we're recording this a week earlier, I can't really tell you how the experience was. Well, why don't we just make up something? So ah, you were so amazing at Jammers on the live stream. I couldn't believe all the things that you were doing you were out of your mind Yo, dude yeah totally i hit that triple spinning guitosis that i've always wanted to hit in competition first time ever and just nailed it oh my god actually i thought it was the guitosis brush that you hit <laughs> triple spinning guitosis brush <laughs> it went out with well, so much spin that the my partner did four skids off of it oh my god never enough skids right all you can eat skids <laughs> all you can eat skids Oh. oh, my goodness. Okay, well, <laughs> on that note, why don't we bring in our uh, interview for this week? So we're continuing the conversation with Chipper Bro Bell, and he's going to tell us about how the journey began with the Bud Light team. He, Joey Hudaklin, and Crazy Joan Brooks. Here we go. Well, Joey joined the team, and we began our journey together as Crazy John is the captain of the Bud Light Frisbee team. So did Crazy want and, Joey to join the team, or did you have to, to do some selling on that? No, Crazy would be like the dream team. That's what he kept thinking, what if, okay. what if, what if. And then Crazy wouldn't have to work so hard. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, <laughs> No, but um, we ended up with Crazy John at the helm, and he already had experience with the team from 81 now into 83. Um, there was success of this tour. Um, the budgets uh, being part of, you know, um, you know, hundred thousand plus dollar a year budgets were given to the team for travel and expenses, and and we ended up hitting the road doing uh, the spring breaks, chili cookouts, parades. Um, some days we could be busy, fifty, sixty, seventy days uh, in a row. We traveled through uh, Louisiana, was pretty cool. Texas, again, doing spring breaks, but Weiser had a concert series tour. And so we ended up joining the concert series tour and the team ends up opening up for Cheap Trick, Molly Hatchet, Toto, Jan and Dean, Beach Boys, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And that got me to open up uh, with Santana, with Dave Bailey on a different gig. But this all grew into this concert series where we'd literally open up on stage like Stevie Ray Vaughan, and there's 60, 70, and 100,000 people in the crowd. We got to show our Frisbee tricks, Frisbee stuff, and celebrate the sport of Frisbee. Yeah, I remember actually seeing, uh, there's a video out there um, of Crazy kind of grabbing the microphone, and it might have been the Padre Island spring break uh, experience, but you guys opening up there and just seeing like the 60,000 people out there it was wild. So what year was that, that that was happening? That started in, you know, I kind of want to, maybe later we can hang out with the team so I can get uh, all kind of collaborated, but we'll be able to talk about with, you know, how it grew into Japan and China and 
all the crazy stuff, but mostly that journey of Bud Light. And for me, I think it was special because, you know, we got to celebrate Frisbee in so such a big way and showing people. And um, well, well, here's an interesting quick highlight with uh, Seattle there, and a fun one, and how Frisbee still touches my life uh, I, every day. Somehow uh, I'm touched or remembered or connected. And, and in 1984, the Bud Light team got to do the halftime show of the final four NCAA basketball tournament in the kingdom in Seattle. And, uh, that was such a to do in 1984, Kim and some of the great players of the nineties came out of that league. And here's the Bud Light team getting to do that halftime Frisbee shows on, you know, on a national arena. When we do our demos for, uh, halftime basketball shows, we would have this interactive part of the show and pick somebody from the audience to come down. And I picked this kid out of the audience and we did some moves, some roles, the delay, kind of make him look like a total, you know, freestyle hero. And uh, the crowd claps for him. We give him a signed disc and back to the, the, uh, the audience he goes. You know, here's the fun part of the story. Last year, I'm uh, doing a, a gig for my work at Patagonia and this uh, older gentleman comes walking up to me and says, hi, are you chipper, bro? I'm like, yes. Yeah. He goes, well, I'm the kid you picked from the audience in the kingdom. <laughs> oh, and he goes, I kept the Frisbee and he said, it, he said it got stolen in college or signed Frisbee, but Anyways, uh, how neat it is that the journey, you know, continues and we touched a lot of people. Wow. That's cool. That zero degree of separation, right? It's like, wow. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. You know, I had to that's roll good. back a little bit. I just remembered, I thought it was a cool time in, in the, uh, 83 year that Joey and I, and Pete Rosen, we ended up getting sponsored at the time by Sunkiss Soda Pop. And we got to do the, uh, the shows at the U S surfing championships, not only in the sand in front of the audience, but on the stage they hadn't connected with crazy too much yet, but he was still living at Sturdivant, but he came down and we did a show on the stage, which I think there's photographs somewhere online of me, Pete and Joey doing this, uh, Frisbee moves on uh, the stage with Sunkissed. probably a few thousand people in the audience. And I took the Frisbee and, I threw it to the audience and this trajectory and it was the coolest thing. You guys probably 70 people deep or further. I threw it and up out of the stands, boop, stands up crazy. John wham caught a scarecrow. <laughs> Whoa. It's total, was that totally spontaneous or was, did you throw totally it? Totally spontaneous. Oh my God. No, that's totally spontaneous. <laughs> it was so awesome. Wow. Didn't even know he was there. We totally you know, cracked up about that. From what I've heard, that Crazy is, has a knack for stepping up in those limelight moments and making stuff happen where you just like, oh, wow, that was a one in a million. And he was known for doing that kind of stuff from what I hear. Yeah, you know, he's not only uh, a great leader out there uh, with our team and taking us to great strides, but um, he's, he, he gets his name for good reason. Uh, crazy. And he's done things. To your point, he's in the moment and he's a renowned musician he plays trombone and can sing and can make up songs on the spot he combines that with with uh 
with Frisbee, for example, back to the, the kingdom, the governor of Washington was at this 5,000 people sit down salmon dinner for the NCAA uh, dinner that night. And it was on the field in the kingdom and the seats and everybody there. They had a sit down orchestra performing for this, you know, gala and stuff. And it was kind of like background music was the orchestra. Well, all of a sudden, here it is. I'm just somewhere in the audience. I don't know where crazy is. I'm just walking around, hanging, drinking Bud Light. All of a sudden, the tempo changes. And I'm kind of look, and I look over, and Crazy John has a trombone leading the orchestra and has a microphone and plays the trombone and then raps and ties in the governor, the mayor, the players, the thing in his rapping, put it all together to 5,000 people roaring, clapping. It was, <laughs> so he, wow. again, in that spontaneous moment, how do you go up to a conductor and he's in his shorts and a Bud Light t-shirt, tennis shoes. Hey, sir, can I um, real quick borrow your guy's trombone and I'm going to lead you into <laughs> something fun? <laughs> All right. Wow. We're getting our passports for China and the lady says, uh, me, Joey, and Crazy are in a window in Los Angeles getting passports in this in, uh, embassy place. And the lady says, they'll be ready in three weeks. Crazy puts his head into the kiosk. Ma'am, we don't have three weeks. He says, I'd like to give you a Frisbee. And, da, 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 and, da, da, da. and all of a sudden, spontaneously, she says, be here at four. They'll be ready. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, he did have a way of being able to just make stuff happen and sort of being authentic and and just being real. Like you say, just being in the moment, really an amazing human being. Yeah, yeah. And, you I, know, for me, seeing the highs and the lows as well. He had a right. few of his girlfriends out there he'd miss and he'd be real low, always having to be like, I miss my girlfriend. I miss this. Or he was just on top of the world. Yeah, it was not right, like a right. medium for him. <laughs> I heard, a, a, and I don't know if this is legend or myth, but I heard stories, you know, uh, amplifying his, his moniker of crazy, that he was like uh, on a huge, like a hotel building that was, you know, 15 floors high and that he's out walking around on the ledge. Is that, mm. is that, re did that really happen or mm. is that? Yep. Unfortunately, it's true. And, you know, oh, unfortunately, that crazy part. But he used to, for a little while, he'd probably have maybe four hotels behind him that he would uh, walk on the ledge and thought it was cool and would joke around. And, oh my gosh, I think we were in Seattle at this one of the hotels downtown. We were 26 stories and we we're actually dropping the hacky sack down, trying to see if we can kick it from the, you know, from the sidewalk trying to gauge a hacky sack falling 26 stories. It never worked, nor did I want to actually feel it hit me. <laughs> yeah, that would hurt your But foot. I'd be looking up, and all of a sudden, he comes out of the window. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? This particular time, he's walking the ledge, and uh, I'm down at the bottom, and all of a sudden, there's one, two, three, four motorcycle police pulling up. And he goes back in and they didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of casually turned and started walking across the street like I wasn't part of anything. And uh, they went into the building and crazy comes walking out and they walked right by him. And he came and found me. But I was like, dude, what are you doing? You know, we, you're going to get us arrested. And, or, or worse. Oh, what right. if you fell? And, 
it changed things when we were in China and he went out the window in Ganzhou and we were, I think he, he could tell you better. I think he was 15, 16 stories or something. And he walked to another window and looked in and, and people saw him and he thought that was funny. Well, he was distracted and he turned and he tripped and the SOB almost fell and uh, he, he actually wow. never did it again. But yeah, I was stupid. I would like yeah. pull on him sometimes. And plus, shit, we're shit faced, you know? We're like totally buzzed, drunk, laughing. Dude, don't go out there. Don't go out there. I'm like holding him back and he's pulling me. If I let go, he's like gone. Oh, I mean, that, that gives me the wheelies just even visualizing it. And I'm like, wow, that's wild. I can see how the police would show up and they were like looking like, well, is this person going to try to commit suicide? They probably have a, they have a whole different story going on in their head than like, Hey, there's fun going on and dropping hacky sacks. Yeah. 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 There was a weird time. I forget what Joey was doing at this time, but I think it was 84. Yeah. 84. That's when we were in Seattle and crazy John in Seattle at that little tournament we were at with you guys, how fun in the little park up on the hill or something crazy through distance. And he uh, tore his ligaments in his knee and had to be flown from uh, Seattle to uh, Kansas city where his insurance was really was kind of weird back then. Yeah. He had to huh. go on an airplane with a full leg thing. Here's what's effed up. Is he got off the plane on crutches, pretending and joking. I'm like, dude, that's bad karma. He left on a plane on freaking wrapped up. But um, no, that wasn't funny. And uh -huh. he's got really gnarled. But you guys, that was um, one of my favorite tours. And I, again, I don't know what Joey was doing, but I had to pick somebody to pick up the pieces. We had uh, a gigs lined up in Florida to open up for Hart. Then we had uh, a baseball game and baseball in San in St. Louis. And from there was the Hawaiian open was the Frisbee tournament. And it was all on the agenda. I'm like, crazy. I can't believe you blew your knee out. So at the time who was really hot on and, and, and playing good at Palm park. And again, I don't know why Joey didn't go. They can maybe fill me in, but I asked monkey man, Danny Sullivan, and we ended up going to Florida and again, open up for heart and then off to there. My point was, is that, um, in St. Louis, again, jumping around, the window was partly open and monk and I were jumping on the beds and he pushed me and I almost went out the window. But, um, again, <laughs> wow. we we're kind of buzzed, but it took so long to get room service back then we'd order like white Russians and it would take like 30 minutes. So we ordered 16 of them and that was, we didn't have to order so many then, but we didn't realize because since crazy wasn't there, we didn't realize that we're actually on a budget. And I remember the guy oh. said, you guys get $200 a day and you guys spent $800 on drinks. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Wow. Going from crazy John Brooks to Danny Sullivan, monkey man, that's quite the, uh, quite, quite the through line. Wow. Well, it was pretty crazy getting to Hawaii. Now, Danny grew up in Hawaii and, uh, he, so when we got to Hawaii for, uh, it was at the park across the street from Ala Moana. Anyways, that was a fun tournament back then. And that was a great tour. Again, I wish uh, crazy had been on it, but 
can't take back these amazing memories of flying around with Monkey Man on the Bud Light Frisbee team. You look back as a as a more wise, mature human being going, wow, amazing that we survived that experience. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Nice. So Joey had shared with us uh, a moment um, in China when you guys were on tour with Jan and Dean, and he had mentioned uh, the Tiananmen Square incident. So can you share some memories about that experience? Yep. As Newsweek magazine had a quote, the demonstrations were sparked by members of the Jan and Dean duo. So what that meant was is crazy John. He actually did get that kid out of his seat to dance, right. led him up to the stage where he was able to play the drums and be live and kind of a cool moment. But yeah, the kid got arrested, crazy witness, the kid being beaten up and we ended up continuing the tour through China, but there was no freedom of press. Hard to know what happened, how or even, you know, what were the critics saying about the show, anything, until we finally got to Hong Kong, which, again, it basically was um, some of the largest cultural demonstrations since the Cultural Revolution began. And it was about, a, about an 18-month process or so. Again, the team could lean into it, but uh, until that sparked the Tiananmen Square that guy with the tank and standing up in front of the tanks and stuff was right. part of uh, Frisbee history. Wow. Well, I want to ask, so you're doing all of this touring with Bud Light team. You're playing Frisbee all the time. How do you think that impacts your, your skill level and your growth as a player? Well, it tremendously catapulted it by playing and doing demos. Um, we could do, I, I felt kind of bad in a way to go to a tournament where I had practiced so much and then get together with guys that just got a partner and they're just starting to play. They got our game so polished in our routine. I'm not saying my personal game, but our routine, we did it so many times that it was, um, it, we just got really methodical in it or mechanical in it. It became like just a little machine. And, uh, it actually became boring, which is a, a fun part of the journey of going, I mean, asking the guys even, hey, can we mix it up a little bit? Can we, you know, I'm doing some moves in there. I want to, you know, push harder and stuff. And I think, quite frankly, Crazy was the first one to be like, no, no, I don't want to change anything. But he was playing overall. He didn't have time to dedicate, you know, and so kind of left Joey and I, which is so fun being on the on the team back when we'd go to like the U.S. Open. And it was sponsored by Bud Light back then. That tournament was seven days long, you know, six or seven days. The freestyle was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or something like that. Friday was three minutes. We'd show up, Joey and I would show up on Monday. Crazy would have to work because he's playing overall. We'd just sit around. We had to, but we're getting paid every day. Forget what we were making, $250, $300 a day, just sitting there laughing and partying and having fun. I used to love to go to that tournament just for that reason, because I'd end up playing, you know, if we made it to the finals, it would be five minutes, four, nine, like 12 minutes of time I had in, in seven days, I had to work 12 minutes. I was like, I like my job. That sounds like a yeah. pretty nice job. <laughs> and you got to jam with everybody on the sidelines. So it was total bonus. That was solely bonus. We could just jam and get better. But yeah, to your point, that got us better and always playing and dedicating and doing stuff and 
the routine, I got better. And like I said, to a point where it just kind of reached a peak as well. Yeah, I can totally relate to what Chip is saying about doing the demos and doing shows and doing the same routine all the time. Because when uh, Dougie Fresh and I were doing the school shows, our games got better as we were doing the shows because we'd practice all the time. But the actual routine itself, I mean, we we got it so dialed in, but it did get stale and it was just kind of going through the motions. That being said, you know, we were on the road playing Frisbee all the time and that was our jobs and definitely noticed both of our games got better just because we were playing frisbee all the time the routine even though we got it dialed it was you know it's like okay there's only so many more times i can hear this song and do this exact routine again so yeah i can relate yeah so how much practice did you do of the actual routine versus just jamming practice or working on new move practice well when we first started the school shows, I mean, we we put in a lot of time on the routine because we wanted to have it be polished. But, you know, once we got it finished and polished, we didn't practice the routine ever because we were doing, you know, two, three shows a day. So that was enough time dedicated to the routine that we just we would just get to the school set up and jam for like 30 minutes and uh, then do the show. Yeah, you know, you and Dougie and the Bud Light team, anyone who's been able to just spend a lot of time doing demos, you guys are really lucky. That's something that I've never been able to do. I've always thought it would be cool to have uh, Freestyle Frisbee be my primary source of income and get to just go around and play. It's kind of like a dream, right? You just go around and play and to do what you love and have that be your source of income have that be your living so i envy you guys that's really cool yeah it was it was definitely a a great opportunity and i'm glad i got it yeah totally so with that uh, i just want to remind people out there that uh, we have a newsletter up on frisbeeguru.com so if you are not on facebook if you're not on jammers on the net or if you want to just be up to date on things that are going on frisbeeguru.com we have a weekly newsletter just go up there Put in your email address and click subscribe and you'll be added. Well, with that, Jake, I will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville. Shooting the Frisbees and live streaming freestyle Frisbee.